Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We finally got some success, but I felt like Kraft wasn't always in line with the things that I knew to be in the best interest of building a team. Kraft had no real background in football, and in his inexperience, took the draft away from me, and he gave it to somebody else. I felt like some people that were incompetent were making decisions for the organization personnel-wise, and I didn't like it. And I knew I wasn't going back to the Patriots. The second hour here on WEEI. Thank you so much for spending your Sunday with me. I am KJ Carson. Carson's the last name. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. That's Bill Parcells. On Apple TV, directed by Matthew Hamachek, who we spoke to last week, John Lyons and I. And it's interesting because I have a personal point of reference of what 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 Bill Parcells was getting to. Now, first, I need to say this: you should check out the fight scene that Cam Newton got jumped today at some copy. It's just Zach is not the craziest video you've seen. It's, it is outrageous. It's we, outrageous. We were talking tagged, about it in between the break, but yeah, the way his hat just stays it, planted on his head. That's is, amazing. It's tagged at WEEI. Okay, back to the Patriots and Parcells. There's a kid I grew up with named Christian Peter, and some of you remember what happened when Christian Peter was taken in the fifth round by the Patriots. Robert Kraft's wife protested it. It made it to the Boston Globe. Christian Peter gets cut from the team before he even walks on. Christian Peter was a second-team All-American at the University of Nebraska, along with his brother Jason. As small as the world is, Christian and I used to be on the same, like, not club soccer team, but, you know, you play rec soccer. We were on the same recreational soccer team, and my dad was Jason's coach at one time. We all grew up together. And Parcells, in around that time, is famously known for saying, why allow me to buy the groceries and then... Not, not let me shop. I'm just paraphrasing. I can't remember. It's been that many years. Why let me go get the groceries and, and, and prevent me from shopping? That centered around Christian Peter. That year was 1996. What else was going on? Well, let me take you back to the old world of the NFL. See, at one time, you had two families. Family Parcel. Family Walsh. But family Walsh, the leader, got sick, left the game, 
but left many capos to run rampant around the league. Mike Holmgren, Steve Mariuch, George Seifert, Andy Reid? Yes. And on family parcels, it was Bill and Bill. And a kid named Chris. Well, I mean, Eric Mangini. I'll get to him in a second. You can stop the music. See, what stopped the 49ers dynasty going into the 90s was Parcells' Giants teams with Bill Belichick's defense. So Belichick is being grown to be the next great coach in waiting. And when you hear Parcells make those comments about Robert Kraft, well, something amazing happened in 1995 into 96. Some remember that the Cleveland Browns were getting ready to move from Cleveland to Baltimore. Who was the head coach that last season in Cleveland? That's the easy answer. Who was the first to report that Cleveland was going to be moving and potentially to Baltimore? Was it the Cleveland Plain Dealer? No. The Baltimore Sun? No. The Boston Globe was the first to report that Cleveland was going to be leaving Cleveland. Well, how could it make it all the way to Boston when the two cities aren't even the first ones reporting it? Who was in Boston at that time? It was Senior Bill. Hit me that. Give me that music again. It was it was the Senior Bill who wasn't so happy with the crafts. Didn't like the way they were getting in his way. I stink it up for all and for my friend Belichick, who, of course, the dynasty is about. So when Parcells, with a lot of chest, says, I didn't think Kraft had any clue about what was going on with football, then why would you allow your left-hand and right-hand man to take a job with them, knowing these things, unless you believe in planting spies? Which leads me to Eric Mangini, such a hopeful boy. Went to the same school as Junior Bill. I mean, Belichick. 24 years old. Gets a job with Belichick. Belichick gets fired. He moves on to Baltimore with the new franchise? That doesn't seem weird to you? Like the guy that's supposed to be your... Unless you believe in putting people in place that are going to give you the key information that you want down the road. Oh, this is better than any La Cosa Nostra story, my friends. See, because just like in The Sopranos, young Chris wanted to ascend to where Big Tony was. But after a while, you're just always going to be little Chris. That's why I don't believe in the term Spygate. And you can kill the music because now we're getting further in. I don't believe in the term Spygate. I believe it became moment of truth gate for Eric Mangini. You want to be a head coach in this league? We'll give you the opportunity if you give up Bill. Belichick, that is. Because guess who they just got rid of and was like, ah, we don't need to, this guy kind of stunk it up for us. Parcells. Belichick turned him down in the middle of the night. Yeah, I'll be your coach. No, I won't be. So now Mangini is still around somewhere. Or he comes back into the fold. After being in New England, here's your chance to be a head coach. Failed with Parcells. 
Belichick didn't even get on the field and dissed us. But we're going to take you, young Chris, to give your chance a shot, to give you a shot. What's the first thing you have to do? Give up Belichick. As in any good Locosa Nostra movie, because I don't believe there's a such thing as the mob. The young guy in the totem pole, it, he, he either he chooses to die or they die for him. Meaning like, okay, you're going to kill yourself career-wise. I don't want to use that term loosely. Or we'll come and get you. Mangini offered himself up. Sacrificial lamb. Only coach, only head coach one other place. Where? Cleveland. Oh, how ironic. It's almost if you wonder, had Mangini been always kind of trying to undermine Belichick all along? To the point where it came down to, in order for you to be the head coach of a team in the biggest city in the country and a division rival, give up Belichick. And he did. And so here's the other part of this. This is not supposed to be a book report, the dynasty. I've seen all 10 episodes. I'm not going to sit here and tell you or do any spoilers. I can't stand when people do that to me, so I'm not going to do that to you. But the idea is to put yourself in a scenario during that time that will say, okay, you have all the facts of things that happened. Now watch the body language when they start to answer. The most fascinating part of this series is the eye movement of Belichick that's almost worth a million words when asked specific questions. That's what I that's what that's the most enjoyable part. Bill gets asked something tough, I'm watching the eyes. Trust me. Some tougher questions come down the line and those eyes move a whole lot more. But this isn't a hit piece on Belichick. Are some things starting to kind of eke out? Sure. Do you think it's trying to make Robert Kraft look good? Hey, he who holds the gold tells the story, right? Isn't that how history works? I take my hat off to Robert Kraft for some honesty in questions that are asked coming down the road without giving it away. So that's telling you, but he's brutally honest about some things that are asked of him as the season, this dynasty Series continues. The only other thing I will kind of give you a heads up for is like a couple of couple of like the episodes, Zach, are like 30 minutes long. You're like, oh, <laughs> it's only 30 minutes. Like, come on, you got to get it's more. So when I hear people say, well, how come they didn't mention this? And how come they didn't mention that? And how come they didn't mention this? Is because that's what you know. That's what everybody knows. I mean, you knew that there was some kind of element of disdain between Parcells and Kraft. Did you think... Bill Parcells would be able to get up onto that documentary and say his piece? You didn't expect that. It's a good series. I could care less. I mean, like, if you think, you're like, oh, it should have been told, and they just completely glossed over that, you think that was more important than knowing that this little kind of mob faction might have been kind of destroyed almost by the youngest, by Chris of The Sopranos for... Zach, you ever see The Sopranos? I don't know if you guys watch The Sopranos. I have, and it's on my list. I just haven't gotten around to it yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Chris is Eric Mangini. And we've seen what's happened since then. Like, Mangini's not even 60 and hasn't been a coach in the NFL for like 10 years. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you someone's career is over, 
or you've gone against the family when you shouldn't have gone against the family. Or when you know that these two family trees that started way before you, and it's like I took you back to old Sicily. One is the Walsh tree, the other is the Parcells tree. Offense, defense. Here comes Andy Reid, like the grandkid of the grandkid, potentially ending up with more all-time wins than Bill Belichick, who may end up with a dynasty extended, because that's what the, that's what the Chiefs are in right now, and may surpass not only Belichick, but may surpass Shula, and then get pushed into a conversation of, is he the greatest coach of all time? That's painful to think about, but it's very real, and it goes back to the old world of the NFL. And Mangini messed that up. If Mangini doesn't play the role of Chris, Mangini's probably the head coach of the of the Patriots right now. He's probably the heir apparent. He's probably the next Belichick. For sure. Because if you look at what's happened since then, Bill O'Brien had a little bit of success in Houston. Mangini had immediate success in, 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 in New York. And if he was able to build upon that, then yeah. But it seems like this part of the family tree of Belichick and Parcells is starting to wither. Let's call it what it is. Meanwhile, the Wall Street continues to thrive and garnish water and come up with plays and may even win three Super Bowls in a row. And Bill Walsh, I think, has been dead for about 20 years. So it's just fascinating to see how Over the years, and this is what I'm getting to with episode three and four, to understand the Patriots dynasty is all based upon these two warring family factions, if you will, of how the NFL was to be defined 80s into the 90s, 90s into the early 2000s. And then here comes the Parcells wall, uh, the Parcells Belichick side starting to dominate and, and overtake the entire conversation. It's probably why a lot of young people do not know anything about Joe Montana or what the 49ers did or what they were. They probably don't even remember kind of like the Mike Holmgren, Brett Favre stuff because the Parcells Belichick tree had become so dominant and choked everything that that's why we're here today. So look, I don't believe it's any type of hit piece on Belichick. I think it's just kind of a cleansing of the air. You know, they say every 15 years, we just kind of have to let the bad blood soak out. This is the first chance they get to do it when you've been doing it successfully for almost 20 years. And and sometimes I think we take for granted just how big the Patriots were. And sometimes you would really have a better understanding of it is if you live somewhere else and the amount of disdain people would have for you being a Patriots fan. Like a brother wearing a Tom Jer- Tom Brady jersey, like that's a, that was that used to be a bit of a conversation. Oh, what is it about? Here? He's supposed to be the savior and everything. I was like, no, nah, our birthdays are a day apart, and so that means we're very much alike. And I get it. And I followed him, and it, what what are you getting at? But that's how strong it was for some people outside of New England. The hatred for the Patriots. So continue watching the dynasty. If you're getting hung up because they didn't cover, you know, a win streak or. You know, more from Randy Moss. It's not really about the players as much as it is the psychology 
that was going on at a 30,000-foot level where the most important player, obviously, was Brady, who was in the middle of that psychology. But it was really the psychology between Belichick and Kraft. This is really what the dynasty is about. All right, we'll continue our conversation here about the Celtics and just how unstoppable they are. They look so good last night in New York. But right now, it's time to trend with Zach here on WEEI. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We're back. It's KJ Carson on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. And the Celtics will dribble it out. This is eight straight wins now for the Boston Celtics. They'll go to 45 and 12 on the year. Eight straight road wins. They'll go to 19 and 9 on the road. And they coast here in the second half here at Madison Square Garden. Jason T. 93.7, text line 37.93.7. It's KJ. Man, the Celtics are just so unstoppable. We'll get to that in about 30 seconds. And still to come in 20 minutes, same game parlay in a game that... This is how we're doing. A game that's on nobody's radar, but a major star is out of it, and a chance to get... 12 to 1 odds on a parlay. You pay out 1200 bucks on a $100 bet. That's a 20 minutes. Text line 37937. What you got? Zach. Alrighty, going back to the uh, Texas Rangers from last mm-hmm. year. Texter yeah. wants to know why would a team with a whole bunch of debt borrow even more? Because the finances of a personal person operate differently than a business. See, if you're a business and you carry debt, it's easier to acquire more money to secure that debt. So, so in other words, it's if you're $250 million in debt, it's easier to go get secured loans to cover that debt because they see that someone's approved you. This is not like you and me, right? This is not like, hey, I'm in debt $25 million and I'm trying to buy a million-dollar home. Totally different things. You cannot apply. That's why the tax burdens are different, right? Borrowing with debt works better for companies and almost does not exist for the average citizen like you and me. Like it, it doesn't apply. So that's how they're able to do it because you're the Texas Rangers. There are things on your books that are clear assets. Us, we're talking about like, okay, I've got a little college savings bond over here. 
I got a couple of stocks. No, because at the end of the day, they know if they can't pay, they'll they'll look gladly loan you. If you can't pay, then they own the Texas Rangers. They have no interest in owning you. Next text three seven ninety three seven. KJ name dropping again. Oh, uh, there we go. So how's it name dropping when I talk about Christian Peter because I grew up with the kid. Now, someone I wouldn't name drop would be like JVR, who went to high school at the same time as my brother, who plays with Bruins. We're from the same hometown. So I don't know how. It, look, either you know it or you don't. Right? And that's what I'm telling you. When Christian Peter was drafted in the fifth round, he was not fifth round talent. Trust me. Dude was first, late first, second round. When he dropped to the fifth, there was a few of us who knew why. And when it hit the scene and Myra Kraft went off about it, and the team eventually released him. Parcells is from our same area. In fact, if I remember, Christian's somewhere in the line saying, hey, he's a Jersey boy, too. I, I, I kind of hate to tell you this, but kind of like Jersey and New York guys kind of run some things like Maddie and your scramsky and stuff like I'll get off of that. But it ain't name dropping if you grew up with the kid. What, what do you want, the soccer trophy that Jason still left in my house? I'm not really mad at you. You're just mad at yourself. Kevin and Bill Rickerman, thanks so much for calling. You're on the air, WEEI. Hey, hey, thank you, KJ. You know, you're you really, you know, having a great show. You've been talking about a lot of interesting things. You've seen all ten, ten episodes of the uh, Dynasty. I haven't seen a single one because I can't afford Apple TV, but whatever. There are ways. But I'm just saying, you know, all this stuff about who's the greatest, you know, Brady or Montana or Belichick or whatever, you know, the trophy is named after somebody. You know, what about him? You know, I mean, I don't care about who's the greatest. Let's talk about who's the top three or, or four or five. You know, you got Bill Walsh and, and you got Tom Landry. You got Bill Belichick. And, and that's what I'm saying. Who cares who's the best? You know what I mean? Oh, Mahomes going to be better than Brady. I don't know. Uh, so I guess I'll listen to your, your comments on that. Thank you, KJ. Kevin, thanks for the call. I think it's just the braggadocious that we all have in us, right? Especially especially if you're the Patriots, right? If you're a Patriots fan, you probably remember more bad than good. There are spots of good, but in, in the Dynasty, it also mentions, I think, in Episode 3, how it felt like, hey, the distraction going to the Super Bowl with Parcells wasn't about, hey, they can, can we win the Super Bowl? It was like, hey, is your coach going to be here after today? So those things do matter because... If you look where history has taken us, everything is about trying to get to New England, trying to beat what New England has done, trying to say that it can be done again, because that was the conversation about the 49ers. It was like, I remember John Madden saying something along the lines of, like, I don't know if we'll ever see anything like this again. And then for those who saw that in that Super Bowl, I think they destroyed the Broncos. I was a kid. Fast forward to Super Bowl 36. What is John John Madden saying? I don't think the Patriots should do anything but sit on the ball and play in overtime. So the same guy who's saying, I don't think we'll see anything that we ever again like this, talking about Montana, is the same guy who's saying, don't go for it. We have implicit biases, right? So if someone like John Madden, I can't speak for him, but he might have said like, hey, look, for a certain point, he thought that Joe Montana was the greatest quarterback he ever saw. And you don't know what Brady's going to be. You might say, yeah, don't go for it. (laughs) Play for overtime. Yeah, your defense is probably stronger than what you could do out there. But if you don't do that, do you get Tom Brady? 
So that plays to Bill Belichick. Now, you mentioned Tom Landry. I have some recollection of him. I, well, clearly, I wasn't around for uh, Lombardi and the trophies named after. I think you just don't change things that quickly, right? It, I don't even know if it's, it probably won't be the Belichick trophy just because of, you know, what tended up happening between Belichick, his team, and the league office. Yeah, it just might be something different. But it's intrinsic in all of us to discuss who we think the best is, who, why we think person A is a bit better than person B. It, that's not unusual, especially in sports. I mean, the conversation in Kansas City, and I lived in Kansas City for about five years. At one point, they had no conversation about anything. It was kind of like, have you been to George Brett's? It's a really cool place to drink. Now they have an identity again because of their football team. They want to say that they are the best right now. I say win three in a row and then win seven out of maybe 14, 15 years. We can have the conversation, but that's so far down the line. They win three in a row. That's something none of us have seen. And if that happens, and I said this, I got into it with Lions, and some people thought I was crazy. The gauntlet of AFC quarterbacks that are being denied their chance to even represent the AFC because of the Chiefs is going to be impressive. Right? Because I look... Look, great what Brady did and everything like that, but outside of Ben Roethlisberger and, and Peyton, Peyton Manning, who was it? In in the AFC. Not NFC. Don't give me Rodgers. Don't say Breeze. I'm talking about in the AFC like John Kitna. Yeah, I mean, like, these are people, these are real people you had to beat out. You know, so I, 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 it's just implicit bias that we have. I think this is the perfect time to play something like or have something like the Dynasty to come out. Because there's going to be some people that be like, oh, you missed this and you missed that. Again, like I said, it's not a book report. This isn't made by Britannica Encyclopedia. This is about giving you into the psychological analytics of what was going on and what the thought processes were at the time. The most important thing you could probably look at when you watch this series, look in their eyes. Episodes one and two, look in Drew Bledsoe's eyes and you can see, man, if this is the last time I have to talk about this, I couldn't it couldn't come quicker. I appreciate it, but walking back down it, the look in Drew Bledsoe's wife's eyes, going back through that time when Drew was in the hospital and things are changing and the career is changing and what's gonna happen not only for him future as a player, but just being alive and looking in their eyes. That's not book report stuff. That's fascinating. Paul and Quincy, thank you so much for calling WEEI. You're on the air. Uh, good evening, sir. How are you? You're good. Good. I, I just wanted to kind of piggyback on the uh, the comments that um, that previous callers, that gentleman, uh, to refresh people's minds about just what kind of a coach Vince Lombardi was. And and I know there are other people that know this. Prior to the Super Bowls, the first two Super Bowls, which he won, uh, there was no. They weren't even called Super Bowls. I think at that time he won Chess championships, NFL championships. Yes. So if the, they were called Super Bowls, and then he left the Packers. And he took on the mantle of head coach of the Washington Redskins, and just right. like the Packers that he took over, they were a failing franchise. And his record at that time, his first year, was the exact same record he had uh, his first years with the Packers. Maybe Lightning, he may have, if you called them Super Bowls, there was a chance he could have actually won maybe 10 or 11 Super Bowls if you want to. You know, talk hypothetical. Well, I, think, I think the Browns put like, kind of a kibosh on that because the Browns were winning. NFL championships during the Jim Brown years, that probably shaded a bit of of what Lombardi would be. Like Lombardi's 
name takes off as Jim Brown leaves football. I think Jim Brown stopped playing football in 65. Thanks for the history right. lesson. I, I wasn't, a, I clearly wasn't around. It's just like, this is how you prepare for this stuff. Paul, thanks for the call. I, I guess the only thing that I would say, just looking at the totality of the league and the already argument about Lombardi is Lombardi, I think, pre-1970 is only playing against NFL teams, not playing against AFC t- uh, AFL teams. So AFL teams would be like everything you know since 1960. Patriots, Chiefs, Dolphins, these are all teams that were in the AFC. What's well, now the AFC, but you're in the AFL, and that used to be the argument. Now, how, how do I know some of this? My father grew up during that time, so clearly these are things passed on to me. He talked to me the importance about why the AFL became as big as it did because of some of the players they went to go get. A lot of those guys came out of Grambling University. Look it up. So, yeah, I, look, I, I can't say I can take anything away from Lombardi. The only thing I would say is you did not have two equally healthy conferences competing against each other right away, right? Like in baseball, it would be the equivalent of bringing in expansion teams where, you know, this team is just made up of exposed players that are just now making up this new team. Where I would say Belichick in this era in free agency, like the things you have to consider free agency, uh, the, the the rapid cost of quarterback, right? Remember, like that's the thing. When Drew Bledsoe got his $100 million deal, it was for 10 years. Now Mac Jones is probably get he's probably getting about ten million a year, <laughs> right? Like it, that that just shows you the span of things, right? Belichick comes, his quarterback is getting ten million a year. When he leaves, someone argues the quarterback even worth ten million, but that that that's his base number just because of where he was drafted, not because of where he's earned. And in between there, let's just call it what a masterful job it was. He was allowed, he was able to get Brady to agree on how to maneuver this contract to be able to still part of things. I don't want to tell more going beyond episodes three and four, but I would say stay with it and watch the body language, the specific questions that are asked of key players. Some things get better answered. You may, some people may want an exact answer of things. There's one particular question. You're not going to get an exact answer of things, but it gets narrowed down to, okay, that's what I kind of heard it was too. I'm not going to say what that question is, but that is is addressed. So that's why I give Robert Kraft, I give Bill Parcells, I give Belichick the credit because I think probably Belichick is taping. He's taping this. His job is kind of in question. Like how how uncomfortable must that have been? You know, like I got this guy out here can't even pass a ball out here, and he's killing me, and I got to answer these questions about the past. So it's very fascinating. It's very fascinating. Okay, to the Celtics. I know someone's like, oh gosh, geez, please, yes, at least basketball. Like, like they're the highest thing. I've said this a lot of times. It is very hard to have conversations about people doing their job. Like I was not in a household where if I got A's on my report card, like suddenly there was this huge celebration and receiving of gifts. You know, I was told that's what you're supposed to do. And the Celtics right now are doing what they're supposed to do. And watching that Knicks game last night, where if you said to me three weeks ago, how would the Knicks and the Celtics fare? I would say, you know, man, this Knicks team could be a problem for the Celtics if it becomes a grind-out affair. Now, if there's going to a little splinter in the eye I'm going to pick out from last night, and I have seen this happen to the Celtics, is don't get against the wrong team and give them second-chance buckets, rebounds, loose balls. At some point, you're going to have to say, this is where it's mine, and you're one possession, and that's it. Like, do not give some of these teams a second chance. Miami is one of those teams that come to mind. 
you give them a second and third chance at the basket, that's how you find them, themselves in a three-point game with two minutes left. You're like, how did they get because all those extra rebounds? But my God, I can't see any team in the East even flinching the Celtics in a seven-game series. This is how dominating the Celtics are right now, and I never, I've never seen this when it comes to probabilities in terms of the playoffs and who will win the NBA Finals. The Celtics to win the Eastern Conference, 68% projected based on 10,000 simulations at basketball reference. Let me just give you my source. 68% to win the East and a 48.6 chance to win the NBA title. Okay, my eyes aren't deceiving me. There's nobody in the East who can hang with them. Like, even if you got to a Cleveland-Milwaukee series, which right now would be the 2-3 in the East, you would almost wonder, would that game, would that series be such a beat-up, dragged-down knockout that if the Cleveland Cavaliers came out of that, that they could turn around and potentially get swept by the Celtics in a finals, Eastern Conference Finals, just because of putting in all that energy just to beat Milwaukee? And I would say the same thing. Even though you don't want to celebrate anyone's injury, and I'm not trying to imply that. Celtics win number 18 this year. A thank you card should be sent to Joel Embiid. Because by the Sixers consistently falling, one time of one a, a 2-3 team, now they're the fifth seed, they, they could potentially drop even more. You almost wonder in an opening series between the Sixers and the Knicks, if the Knicks just don't have more firepower, more... I mean, you're really going up against a... A Sixers team with no leader. It's like a head, a snake with no head. Where were there, where could there be concern? If Miami comes out and face the Celtics, end up in the in the first round against the Celtics. Indiana, not so much because the experience is there. And, and, and that's the other part of it. Is the Celtics now have the most quality experience only behind the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference. In terms of playoffs, wins, and only because Milwaukee has a championship, right? But Doc Rivers is still trying to figure out how to piece it together, which means there's still room for Doc Rivers to be blamed for everything falling apart. But I mean, how how do you not see the Celtics as potentially the Eastern Conference champions? And I'm going to say it right now. No, it's not a jinx or anything like that. Just name a team who you think could take them seven games in the East. The West is a different story, but in the East. I don't see anybody. Now, when it comes to the West, now I think you're getting into a different conversation, which can make it interesting. I'm not going to get into what's the probabilities of who would win the NBA Finals. Clearly, if the six, if the if the Celtics are 48 percent, that means everybody else combined total <laughs> equals just over 50 percent. Even the ones who have virtually no chance. But the two teams that I would be concerned about is a focused Minnesota team and an unaffected, unaffected Oklahoma City Thunder team. Two teams with size. And I would be concerned about the Nuggets. right? The Nuggets could be just one of those laying-in-wait teams. We're sitting in the four spot. Nobody's really talking about us. By the time we get to the playoffs, we can just steamroll people. There's just more danger. I take my hat off to Jalen Brown. This guy is proving himself. This is what I... Can you, can, Zach, can you play the cut from Porzingis? about Tatum, and I'll tie it to why that applies to Jalen Brown as well. Because what I'm going to get to is this. Some people are wondering why Jason Tatum's name is not being brought up in more MVP conversations. And I'd be the first one to tell you, you know what? 
what do you think he wants more? What what does it seem like is coming off more? Number 18 or an MVP? Here's Porzingis. From like JT, JB, like every Drew, I've said it before, he probably is the guy that's like sacrificed the most, you know, for winning, for like being on this type of level team. But even JT, like uh, he deserves a lot, like a lot of credit because he could, you know, say, F it, like I want to score 30 every night, like I want to get the MVP, like, you know, but he's not doing that. And I think people are like overlooking that. And you have to give him credit because when he does that, it makes everybody else do that. And then we're winning games because everybody's feeling good, everybody's scoring, you know, we're all dangerous. So I think there's a, he deserves a lot more credit than he's getting. Oh, I've been noticing that from, I would, I would probably say since the first of the year. Tatum's not chasing the MVP, he's chasing a title. Because my concern would be this. You do all these fanciful things, you don't win a title, but you're the MVP. Now it becomes like, okay, does the MVP cologne feel like is the only cologne you want to smell good in? Or do you want to go get that championship cologne first? And then if you want to put on MVP in a couple of years, that's cool. Next year, that's cool. It'd go perfect with that 90 mil. But you get that championship, and you've got Jalen Brown right there next to you. And you're seeing what I just some of the defense you are seeing from the Celtics team is unreal. And here's and here's I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but this was just what was absolutely amazing about last night. I give it to Knicks fans. They know basketball. And when Derek White was just drilling shot after shot after shot, you could feel in the building. They were like, damn, how do you stop these guys? I didn't say Jason Tatum hitting the shot. I didn't say Jalen Brown. I didn't say Kristaps Porzingis. I didn't say Drew Holiday. Derek White is killing people out there. This team is unstoppable. I think if there's only one, th- there's only one thing that could slow this team down, and that's injury to Porzingis, because then the Celtics will then have a a glaring deficiency in the middle where you have a rim protector who's willing to play defense just as much as they're willing to get offense. I know KP felt good to finally come back with a team that is just putting in people's faces where he can come back to New York. Yeah, take that tech. You know why? Get those boo levels up because if you happen to see the Knicks in the quarterfinals in the NBA Eastern Conference Finals and Eastern Conference playoffs, oh, don't you want to make them feel it? a little more, and Tatum is allowing all of that to breathe. There's so many storylines, right? I mean, as much as we love Marcus Smart here, what's Marcus Smart done this year? Yes, exactly, just that. Derek White literally has you forgetting that Marcus Smart is not here because you're getting consistent scoring, smart shot selection, defense, and no... Who's the leader? These guys know that Jason Tatum's a leader. No one has to say it. He doesn't, like KP said, this guy doesn't have to go out and score 30 and 40 just to show that he can score 30 and 40. Let SGA do that with the Thunder. They need something like that. The Pelicans need something like that. The Celtics don't need anything like that. If they win 18, I think it would be... 
I think it would be the most special of titles of all of them, of all of them. Uh, 76 was kind of important. 81 to, okay, so it was 87, 86. 86 is kind of important too. But this one will have a lot of meaning because the superstar didn't treat themselves like a superstar. All right, got a parlay for you. NBA game tonight, plus some NFL futures and make money money. Next, it's KJ, W-E-E-I. Good Sunday to you. We're back. It's KJ Carson on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. WEEI, thank you so much for spending your Sunday here. KJ, hanging out, man. Missed any of the show? Odyssey app is free. You can go back and listen to the conversation I had a bit about the Red Sox. And look, look, I'm not mad at ownership if they don't decide to throw a bunch of money. I, I clearly Scott Boris is in the middle of this because he's got Snell and Montgomery and he's trying to push them on to the Red Sox to overpay. And I would say, wait to see how the team does before spending to get other arms to help push them into contention. Because look, Let's say you got two great arms and no great results. Guess what the Red Sox still have to do? Pay two great salaries for a bad performance. Like that That baseball, that model is slowly going away. Right? The whole idea of we're just going to give this one pitcher. Because think with, with Otani, like he can sing rap dance in just one show. Right? So you know what you're getting. You know what he's doing on his day off. Look, Chris Sale helped with a championship run. But all that was spent was not worth the return. They're not doing that again. If they do it again, it's going to be something reasonable. That's why I thought Lucas Giolito was a target. Because if you can get good quality starts out of this guy, allow Bayo to grow, you've got 48,000 guys in the bullpen. You can run somebody out there. Can you give me four outs? (laughs) Can you give me two outs? If that's the way you want to play it, fine. The team can still hit. Trevor's story plays a big part in that because he's the one outside the building spend that they've done, and it still hasn't showed up on the register. It's not still on the books yet. And I think some parts of Major League Baseball want to get back to the pre-COVID years of where you don't necessarily have to spend a ton of money to win a pennant. Now Arizona getting in there last year, they just happen to have a couple of homegrown stars that are just horses, right? Like... How long are they going to be around? The Dodgers, look, they know they're going to they know they will own the team in 25 years. So they can roll that Otani and Yamamoto money down the road. It's just incumbent on people like Yoshida to stop hitting ground balls to second. Okay? Cassis has got to show himself to be an RBI driver. I don't think he has to be a home run hitter. I don't want I wouldn't want to put that on him. But if this guy can give you 110 RBIs, and only do it with, say, 25 home runs, but he's hitting maybe 330, 340, or has the threat to do that, I think that's much better. So there are other things that can happen before the Red Sox decide to spend. The Dynasty Part 3 and 4 are now out. Um, Yeah, it's more of a... It's not not a hit piece on, on, on Belichick. It's more of a kind of a coming clean, kind of like a, what are they, what are they called, catharsis, something like that, when you just, just let things out. 
Things had to be let out. These things have been pent up in guys for 20 years, and they're getting a chance to say it now. It's not a book report. It's not to remind you what happened in week three of 2006. This is not what it is. It's not about your favorite play. This is about the 30,000-foot level of what the mind processes and the thought processes are. These top guys who made this incredible thing that the football world chases in terms of that's what they want to be. That's what the Chiefs are trying to go for. This is what they're comparing themselves to. And I went back into the old story of the family Walsh and the family Parcells and how Andy Reid is kind of like the grandson of Bill Walsh has been going for 20 years, now chasing what Parcells and Belichick were able to do, which was kind of choke that tree of Walsh's and start to build through Belichick and what he's done over the last 20 years and how Andy Reid may be threatening to that. All right, text 37937. One more before we go to go. All righty. Uh, someone said, just so you know, the Celtics have an 86% chance of beating the Warriors in the finals, according to ESPN. Yeah, so how would the Warriors be in the finals when the Warriors only have a one point, they have a 1.7% chance to win the conference, the, the Western Conference. So let's do the math like this. The Eastern Conference, I told you, the Celtics have a 67.7% chance to win the conference. So let's just say they'll represent the East. In the West, the highest, the team with the highest winning chance, the chance to win the conference, Oklahoma City Thunder at 39%. So I would say the NBA Finals could be Oklahoma City and the Celtics. Now, Oklahoma City has an 18% chance to win the finals. That would bump the Celtics up to about 82% chance to win the finals. Just putting it out there. I don't know where the Warriors come in at this at 80. Uh, yeah. And this is with 10,000 10, simulations. The Warriors would be playing at nine right now. That, 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 well, that's what it would finish as. It's Phoenix at eight, Golden State at nine, Lakers at 10. There's your play-in tournaments. Sacramento at seven. Damn, that play-in play tournament might be better than the Western Conference games themselves, Zach. <laughs> like, dang, that Western Conference. Like, can you imagine a play-in of Sacramento, Phoenix, Golden State, and the Lakers. 7, 8, 9, 10. Jeez. That'd be worth watching right there. Rockets at 11. Look at the depth. Look at look at MA. Kind of sneaking up there. They're going to have a losing season, but they will be. They won't be as bad as they were. All right, yeah, I didn't get to the parlay that I was going to get to. I know someone's probably like that. They got a sheet out, so I'll mention it real quick. Check out the game tonight between Charlotte and Portland. There's no Scoot Henderson. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is out. And there's plus money on these guys. So if you're looking at uh, making some serious money here, let me check this out here. Take the Hornets to win the game. Total points under 214 and a half. uh, uh, Jeremy Grant over 20 points. DeAndre Ayton over eight rebounds. Brandon Miller for the Hornets, 15 or more points. And Grant Williams over three and a half rebounds, a one hundred dollar bet on that same game, same game six leg parlay, will yield twelve hundred dollars. That's at BetMGM. Have a great Sunday. We'll talk to you again next Sunday after the Red Sox. Follow at KJ Carson on Twitter at Weei. Take care. 
Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.